Talk Recorded live. Good evening, everyone. You are in the spotlight with Brian Gardner for this Tuesday, April 7, 2015. Good to have you all here for our first of two shows this week. This, of course, being our Tuesday sports show. And we have on tap for you tonight an all-NCAA episode coming at you tonight as that is all that's really taking well, go. I guess not really. That's not all that's going on in the sports. But we did have opening day in Major League Baseball yesterday. But we're not going to talk about that here today. We'll do an MLB preview at some point. I'll get to that in a little bit. But today, and, and there's no really wrestling things to get to. Like last week, we did a lot of wrestling stuff. So there's nothing pressing in wrestling to get to. So we won't do any wrestling tonight. Sorry, wrestling fans. Tonight is basically about wrapping up the NCAA tournament discussion, discussing last night's championship game, this weekend's Final Four, and there is a lot to discuss. And also, as we wrap up our discussion of the NCAA tournament, of the championship game, of the Final Four, we'll look ahead also to next season. Look back at this entire season, but also look ahead to next season and what you can expect and what teams are looking good for next year. And, of course, a lot of it depends on what players come back. And, you know, we do have some ideas on who will come back and who won't for a lot of these teams, but you know, you never know. Sometimes you get surprised. I mean a lot of things Kentucky a lot of people in Kentucky were surprised when the Harrison twins came back and so you never know. But you know, we have our ideas on who will come back and who won't. So but we'll get into all that. This this show it's nice because, you know, a lot of times in the past few years we haven't had the opportunity to really truly you know, and, and not, not even not even in regards to college basketball, in regards to anything. It's not very often that we have a show where we can just sink our teeth into things and let it breathe, you know, and, and get into some of the finer details of, of, of whatever we're talking about. And tonight we will have that opportunity, which is nice, you know, that we can actually, you know, hopefully have a dialogue about a lot of these things that are, that, you know, transpired in relation to the games this weekend, the game last night, you know, the season itself, the tournament itself, and, and beyond. So it's going to be a – I think this is going to be a great show. And I, I like these kind of shows. So we don't have – you know, we focus this on one particular thing, or at least one theme, which is the NCAA college basketball, and we can just go into it and talk about it. It's going to be nice to do that tonight. I, You know, I think a lot of you are going to be – happy about this tonight because, you know, oftentimes we have a million things to do and tonight we got, you know, everything that we have to do involves this college basketball. So it's going to be a nice way to kind of end the season, uh, the college basketball season and wrap it up in, in fine form. And there's a lot to talk about. So um, without further ado, let me remind you the ways that you can interact and contribute during our show. And I'm going to do a – we're going to be uh, – I hope to be – looking at email, Facebook, and Twitter a lot during the show. Usually I don't make it a point to mention, okay, we sent somebody, you know, make it a point to say, oh, this this came in on Facebook or this this came in on Twitter or this this came in by email. Usually I just, you know, read something and it's bringing it into the conversation. But tonight I'm going to be doing that because, you know, we have the time, number one. Number two, there's been a lot of controversy um, in, in regards to the NCAA tournament. Um, in particular, last night, the officials, Bo Ryan, all this stuff. So I, wanna, I want to bring in, and this is something I hope to do more because I think we've gotten away from it, and I want to mention, because I think sometimes when I bring certain things into the conversation, people just think it's me bringing it up, but a lot of times it's stuff that I read from our audience, either in email or Twitter or Facebook. So 
I wanted to start pointing out that this is coming from some, some of these things are coming from somebody else so that people know that, hey, other opinion, there are people that might have these opinions that you do and it's, it's out there. So, all right, so the ways that you can interact and contribute with us during our show, you can do so by emailing us at itspotlightbg at gmail.com. Again, it's itspotlightbg at gmail.com. It's my email as well as the show's. And please remember to put in the subject line of the email some idea what that email is about, what you're reacting to, who you're reacting to on the show. You know, if it's just feedback, if it's a topic idea or a breaking news, just give us some idea of what it is if you can. It just helps us out a lot. We appreciate it. You can also follow us and tweet us at ITSpotlightBG. Again, it's at ITSpotlightBG. It's my Twitter handle as well as the show's. And please remember to use the hashtag, hashtag ITSpotlight. Again, that's hashtag ITSpotlight for anything you tweet regarding our show. You can also find us on Facebook. To find our fan page on Facebook, use our full show title in your search in the Spotlight with Brian Gardner. And then once you find our fan page, like our page, and go ahead and post wherever you like to post. Facebook, Twitter, email, Jeff Tech and myself, check them all regularly. We take turns. I promise you if you post or send something, we do see it. We might not reply back or use, acknowledge, or mention it on the show, but I promise you, we do see it. All right, so all that being said, again, I've explained to you what tonight's going to be about, the NCAA tournament, wrapping that up, wrapping up the college basketball season, looking ahead to next season, talking about the Final Four, the championship game, all that good stuff coming at you tonight. We're not going to do any wrestling tonight. There's nothing really that any of of you asked to talk about tonight, and I don't see anything really that has to be talked about, so we're not going to waste time on that tonight. Um, there's nothing else in sports to really discuss. I know the NBA playoff push is entering its final days, but there isn't anything really huge there, nor has anybody indicated that they want us to talk about it. Um, I'm not going to talk about the Masters because, you know, again, I, I've said this every year. I rather, you know, I can give a preview, but it, it generally comes off the same every year. So I'd rather wait and see what happens this weekend, and if anything big happens, like Phil or Tiger or Rory or somebody winning, or if there's something big that comes out of it, then you know we'll talk about it on next Tuesday's show. But otherwise, no no sense in previewing it when it's, it's going to come off the, the same as when I previewed it last year and the year before that. So, um, and, again, and again, as I mentioned, MLB opening day took place yesterday. I do have a couple of thoughts I have. I'd rather wait on those so we do our MLB preview, which – um, we'll be coming up soon. I'll explain that in just a moment. Um, so I've explained what's going to happen tonight, all college basketball, this entire show. To my, uh, Thursday, our Thursday show this week, of course, our entertainment show for the week, we will do the box office beat. We'll do TV picks of the week. We'll discuss some entertainment news, all that good stuff. There will be something on the show, um, a segment kind of an honor my birthday which is this friday we always do something and it ends and look this people think oh well you do whatever you want on every show no i don't i do whatever the audience wants i talk about what the audience wants us to talk about or what i think the audience will want us to talk about i go by what your feedback is or what i think you're going to want us to talk about what i think is worth talking about i don't go oh what do i feel like doing tonight you know i don't do that this for my birthday, for my birthday tribute on the show, I do. That's the one time, really, the one true time of year I do do that. I do do that. So, um, I have something in mind. I'm not now. Some people might think I don't because I'm not going to make an official announcement and say this is what we're doing. 
I'm going to explain what we're doing on Thursday's show. And here's why. Because what we're going to be doing, I have three ideas. And I've said this before, and people might think I'm just copping out here and why push off, like deciding on until the last minute. No, I already know what I'm, we're going to be doing. I'm going to explain it on Thursday because it doesn't require – you don't really have to announce it right now. And I – you know, it's not going to be this big, long, drawn-out thing. It's just going to be a segment. I'm not going to make a big deal out of this. All right, we got other things to do on Thursday anyway. We'll be doing this at the end of the show on Thursday, towards the end of the show. And I'd rather just wait to explain it on Thursday so that that way, you know, we'll do, we explain it the same night we're doing it. And I think it makes it easier. This, that's just my opinion. I know people are like, oh, just tell us today. No, it's it's not going to be this big thing. It's not going to be this retrospective thing or anything, okay? It's just going to be something fun and interesting, and I'd rather wait and explain it on Thursday. So, and then, you know, I, I just think it will work out better. So that's why I'm going to wait till Thursday to announce what it is, even though we're going to be doing it that, that same night. You know, at the, at the start of the show on Thursday, I will I will explain what we're going to be doing what the situation is, and, you know, we'll do it at, as the last segment of the Thursday show. So whatever my birthday tribute on the show is, whatever my birthday segment on the show is, I'll be sure to explain it early on on Thursday's show. So that's what's going to be do. That's what's going to be happening on Thursday's show. Next week, here's the deal, okay? Next Tuesday's show, now we no longer have college basketball once there's a news story of some sort. If we have something to do with the Masters, we'll – you know, we'll do it. We'll talk about it. If there's anything the audience wants to talk about or anything that we feel we should talk about. We'll probably do some stuff with the NBA playoffs. You know, discussing the final playoff push, setting up the NBA playoffs, just beginning underway. We'll do something with that, obviously, because we want to start getting into NBA discussion because we're heading to that big point of the year where the playoffs start and all. Um, so we'll do some NBA stuff. Obviously, with any other big sports topics, college basketball, football, you know, golf, anything like that, we'll do it, like I explain all the time. But the other half of the show on on Tuesday of next week will be an MLB preview show. Okay, now, I shouldn't say preview show, I should say a preview segment. Like we've been doing for all the sports recently, we're just going to, you know, do a segment. We're not going to preview every single team, we're just going to do a general overview, make some predictions, um, look at each division briefly, you know, and by that point we would have had a week under, a week of the season, and I like doing that now. You know, we've done it for the NFL. I, I like doing that because then you've seen the teams play for a week. And, anything, and, and, you know, it's easy to go look at statistics and look at rosters and everything. But to me, watching a team play for a week or so actually helps when you're trying to look at, you know, what the league's going to be like this year and what teams could be good and everything. It makes, you know, on paper something a team can look good, but it doesn't mean they're going to be. And I know some, someone might say, well, you can't really tell much from, from a week. No, you can't, but I, I, it, it gives you something to work with. You know what I'm saying? So I like the idea of waiting a week. I've been doing that for all the sports recently, and I think it, at least a week we've been waiting and for all these sports. I think it helps. So next Tuesday we'll do some NBA, NBA playoff stuff. We'll do an, an MLB preview segment. That should be the bulk of the show next Tuesday. Um, next Thursday we're going to give you a sports and entertainment Com- uh, um, combo show, and here's why. 
okay? I want to do an all-NCAA show, but at the same time, I don't know how we're going to fit that in because the following week we have to do a wrestling show, okay? So as of right now, I think you're going to see next Thursday half an entertainment show and half an NCAA show where we talk about some of the hot-button topics in the NCAA, some of which we'll get into tonight. And, and and I think that works. I'm not sure if we can do an entire show about it, but I think if we get devote half a show to it, I think we'll be just fine. So, you know, next Thursday we'll do a box office beat. We'll do some TV picks of the week. We won't do any entertainment news discussion. We'll tape, table it for a week, and then we'll and then we'll leave the rest of the show to NCAA topics, big news, big recent news, you know, big topics, all that kind of stuff, hot-button topics, all that kind of stuff. We've done that before. Sometimes we've done entire shows about it. Um, and there's been times we've done, like we're going to do probably next Thursday, which is half a show about it. And we'll do that um, right now. That's the uh, plan for next Thursday. So that's what's coming up next week. Some of the big things that you've all been waiting for, MLB preview, all NCAA show. There's some information on all those. And also some information on my birthday uh, segment, if you will, coming up on Thursday. So I hope I, I address pretty much all the big things that all of you have been wondering about. And now my co-host is on the line, so let's get him on the air here. Mike, you are in the spotlight. That is the most energized you have ever uh, introduced, like the most energy you've ever introduced me with. That is the most energized you've ever sound, sounded bringing somebody on. Normally, I am pumped like, tonight. Uh, yo, Andy Spotlight, oh, oh, boo-hoo, I have to share it with other people, this dog. Dude, dude, you have no idea, I am pumped for tonight, man, I am pumped. I, I am not. <laughs> I, I know, I, I'm sorry, no, no, I, look, I, 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 it's been, you know, I, I, I was explaining this when we first started, I really like these kind of shows where we're only doing like one thing tonight, which is just the NCAA tournament stuff, wrapping it all up in that, because we can actually like, we don't have to like change topics too. We don't have to change topics really. And we can actually talk and, and not like, you know, rush through everything. Like, okay, here's my piece. Here's this piece. Boom. Let's get through it. It, it actually, the show can breeze tonight, which is nice. For once, so. Uh, oh, I'm just extraordinarily tired. It has been a ridiculous day. A ridiculous yeah. day. You know, I was just having this discussion with Jeff Tech before the show because he said, you know, he he likes these kind of shows too because you know he try he tries to keep us, you know, tries to time the segments or get us to move on and all that stuff. So we don't, he don't really have to do too much of that tonight, so he's he's actually appreciative. He had a long weekend, oh, and uh, before anybody asks, no, he does not have a report to share tonight. He doesn't. He, he's, he said he had a long weekend, and he did have some observations to share, but he wants to put them all together. So we'll let him have his time to do that, which should be, you know, around June. <laughs> so, but anyway... Everybody say hi to the man that attended this this weekend's Final Four and who, <laughs> who apparently, <laughs> apparently, <laughs> I, oh, I'm just going to say it, apparently gets into even more trouble in his own backyard than he does when he's elsewhere. Um, 
you wouldn't think that'd be the case because he didn't have that far to go, but he apparently it doesn't seem to matter where Jeff Tech is. He can get into trouble anywhere. Um, but anyway, everybody say hi to Jeff Tech. Jeff Tech, of course, is our technical guru. If he were a restraining order, he would be the restraining order placed on him by exactly four teams, four NCAA basketball teams who competed in the final four. So all four teams would have had a restraining order against Jeff Tech for reasons unclear, unknown. And I am not going to sit here and speculate, but I imagine it's it's going to be dirty and disgusting in terms of being a technical guru in the history of this show. Hmm. Okay. Now, like I said, tonight is all about the NCAA tournament, the college basketball season. We're wrapping everything up, tying it up in a neat little bow. Obviously, with emphasis with uh, with emphasis on this weekend's Final Four and last night's championship game. And let me start by saying this. Now, everybody knows I watch the games. Okay, I watch probably too many games. I'm up too late watching games. You know, recruiting stuff. I like the, I I like college basketball. I love college basketball. I love watching. You know, getting information about recruits and stuff, and I like watching all the games. I stay up late watching Pac-12 games with Mike. Can't imagine why I would do that, but I do. And yep. <laughs> at, at this point, it's pointless to uh, actually watch any West Coast games, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. But I do watch them. I, I like that I watch them because I feel like, you know, I, 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 cause a, believe it or not, there are some really diehard college basketball fans that do not watch any West Coast basketball because they just they can't, you know, they work or you know they don't have the time, and that's completely understandable. The, the games are on at awful times, so well, you know, the games are on not on at awful times if you live in the West Coast. Okay, the games are on at prime time in the West right. Coast. It's right. just when you live on the East or even the right. the Central time zones, it's, it's impossible unless you don't have to be up at a ridiculous hour in the right. morning. Or unless you're just a, unless you're just an insomniac like me, <laughs> but yeah, I get your picture. So, um, yeah, so I watch these games and, and look. One of the things that I have not done it's been a while since I've done this. Um, is you know I'll watch a game whether it's live or on DVR. I always watch a game at least once. Always. Now, if there's a classic game or something, obviously I'll watch it multiple times, but I won't watch it back-to-back too often. You know, I'll usually let, the, let things breathe a little bit before I watch it again. Well, one of the things that I wanted to do, because I've been watching, I, I've watched a lot of this tournament. Highlights, you know, analysis, games, I've watched a lot of this tournament. And I had a lot of it banked on my DVR. I had the time today. So I went back through a lot of it. I also went back through this weekend's Final Four games and watched them back. And, of course, I watched last night's championship game. I've already watched that championship game twice. Here's why I wanted to do this. Because, number one, there's been a lot of controversy, okay, in a lot of these games. And I, and, and I read a really good article today. And I, I can't remember where I found it. I've been trying to look for it for the last hour. And I, I, I don't know where it was, but it was a really good article. I forget. It was, it's by a writer I've never even read before. 
but it was talking about how this tournament, number one, has been the worst officiated in history across the board. And this, and this is and, and this it's already been established, okay, over the last five years that the officiating in college basketball is always amateurish and will probably always be amateurish. Okay, that's been established. That's that's a, that is almost accepted now, which is sad, but it is. So you're expecting this, and we've spent a lot of time over the last few years, just proving that point, talking about the officiating, which is sad because it's overshadowed a lot of great games, and you've seen that in this tournament especially. Here's the thing that this writer, and I'm paraphrasing, I remember I can't find the article, mentioned, and he said, we tend to focus so much on officiating in only certain games, certain matchups, certain teams. But this has been an across-the-board issue. What once was about certain teams, certain conferences, certain matchups, certain situations, is now about all. And that is why it's become such a huge issue. And I was embarrassed for the NCAA last night. I was embarrassed for the NCAA on Saturday. And then watching some of these games back from earlier in the tournament, I was embarrassed for them again. Now, I'm already embarrassed for them because of the way they've handled some of these scandals and stuff, okay? But talking about the in-game stuff, it's easy to sit there and go, well, they're going for this team or they're going for this team. What's really troubling is that now the officials admit that they did it wrong, and they don't do anything about it. They don't change. They don't adjust. They think it's okay. They're, oh, it's a human error, made a mistake. And then there's, an, there's instances even, and I'll get to this in a moment, where somebody that oversees the officials recognizes that an error was made and chooses to keep his mouth shut so that he doesn't overstep the officials on the court. That is absurd. So the first thing I want to say is this. It is unfortunate that in a tournament, while we didn't have a Cinderella, while we didn't have a lot of low seeds, you know, 10, 13 seeds, whoever, coming and advancing far, while we didn't have that, we had a very high quality of play. We had some fantastic basketball games, as we've documented over the last few weeks. We had a fantastic Final Four, including two of the best games probably of all time. And the only thing that we're coming out of this talking about is, once again, how poor the officiating was. Now, as has been discussed all over on sports radio today and over the last few weeks, few days, whatever, thankfully, thankfully, these calls, okay, could they have, did, they, did they affect the games? In ways, yes, but you don't feel like there was one particular call that cost a team a game. 
Now, that's always going to be a point that can be argued. I understand that. But the, the, the general uh, feeling is that that did not happen. We've had years where that has happened a number of times. But that does not diminish the fact that doubt is created when these kind of things happen. When you come out of a game, especially a big game, talking about the officiating, you always wonder what if. Whether it really truly decided the game in your estimation or not, there's always that thing in the back of your mind that says, well, what if that call had been made? Where would have swung momentum? You never know. I don't have much to say about Saturday night's games. The first game went exactly as I planned. It was a, it, it was a dominant Duke performance. Michigan State's just a bad matchup with Duke. I felt that way all week. Not a surprise. Good run for them. Duke moved on easily. That second game lived up to every single hype that you could have had. That was a fantastic college basketball game, despite what the officials were doing. And no, Kentucky fans, Wisconsin, the officials didn't win the game for Wisconsin despite the embarrassing shot clock violation that didn't get called, which they reviewed and still got wrong. No, Wisconsin, yes, Wisconsin got away with about 13 fouls in that game. Yes, Wisconsin all year has gotten away with fouls, okay? Nobody fouls that, that low an amount. Sorry, nobody does. I watched a lot of their games. They fouled far more than they got credit for, but it is what it is. You don't fault them for that. They're a very good basketball team. That is not what decided that game. Wisconsin just beat them. Give them the credit. And Kentucky didn't play well down the stretch in that game. They took some bad shots. There were times where they lost Cauley Stein and and Towns, which was I, I can't even fathom why they lost them because they, Towns alone was the, the reason they beat Notre Dame. Towns was their best player in this tournament. Why they lost him at times, I have no idea. Why they fell in love with a jump, the jump shots, I have no idea, because that went against everything Kentucky's been this entire season. But they did, and that was the biggest reason they lost. And their defense got shredded. Wisconsin's just a good basketball team. And their offense played like it needed to in that game. Decker made the big shots late as he's done this entire tournament. Kaminsky is unguardable. I told you all, Decker, Kaminsky, you can't guard them. They're unguardable. And if they make shots like they're supposed to, they're going to beat you. And they got contributions from Dukin, Hayes, and Koenig. And that's, when they get that, they're going to win games. And it was a great college basketball game, and then it sets you up for tomorrow night. I mean, tomorrow, last night, pardon me, sorry. Now, let me leave the officiating aside for a second. Last night, if you take the officiating out, it was a fantastic basketball game. It wasn't as good as the Kentucky-Wisconsin game in my mind, but just right up there. Wisconsin had that game. You had Duke in foul trouble. Their two best players were off the court for the bulk of the first half and a lot of the second half. And what gets me is, what does Wisconsin, Bo Ryan had a horrible night last night. Forget about the comments after the game, which made him look like a total jerk. 
Ryan had a terrible coaching game last night. He has never coached a worse game than last night because he was he had a game plan. We all understand what that game plan was, and it worked early on. But he, when Duke made the adjustments with the guard play of, of Grayson, who was fantastic, the X factor that game last night, along with Tyus Jones, both those players were the reason Duke won that title last night. Once Duke adjusted with the guard play while their two bigs were on the, on the bench, Wisconsin didn't make a single change. They stuck to what they were doing on defense, and they got destroyed. And they had at least, in that first half, they missed at least, I think it was six or seven free throws. They're one of the best free throws. They rely on beating you from the line. That's how they've beaten teams all year. They missed free throws. They should have been up by 10 at the half. And then they get up by 9 in the second half. That game was theirs. Justice Winslow is on the bench. Jareel Okafor is on the bench. And what do they do? They start taking jump shots from the perimeter. There's nobody in the paint that can guard any of their bigs. And they went away from what they've done this entire season and what, the reason they beat Kentucky. That's what lost them the game. That's what lost them the game. For all the crap Duke got this entire tournament about, oh, they get the calls, and oh, it's always the foul discrepancy. The foul discrepancy wasn't there. Duke was the one in foul trouble the entire game. And Wisconsin still couldn't win. That game was theirs. Two of their best, I mean, what else could you have asked for? You had a cakewalk to the basket. The referees were calling everything on Duke in the first half and most of the second half. And Wisconsin wouldn't go to the basket, even when they were getting calls. I, I, and, and Bo Ryan had to beg for, I swear, six, I'm not even kidding. If you watch the game, you'll see this. Six straight timeouts, six straight, going from the, begin, the end of the first half through the second half. He begged his team to get Frank Kaminsky the ball, and they never did. They lost Frank Kaminsky. They lost the player of the year, and they never gave him the ball, and that's why they lost. That was his chan- That was Wisconsin's championship last night. And as a Duke fan, it hurts me to say it, Duke did not win that championship. Wisconsin gave it up. They gave it up. Two players from Duke last night played well, and that was Tyus Jones and Grayson. That was it. It wasn't for them. And, and look, let's be honest, if Wisconsin did what they were supposed to do at the, at, the begin, at the end of the first half and the early second half, this game wouldn't even been, even with Tyus Jones and Grayson doing what they're doing, this game would have been done. They would have had a 20-point lead, and this game would have been salted away. It would have made a difference. Missed free throws, poor defense down the stretch, bad shots left, and they didn't score. I feel like they didn't score. I think they only scored like two points in the last four minutes of the game. Lost Kaminsky, didn't go to the basket. That's why they lost. Bo knows that. He acknowledged it. Yeah, he threw in some other comments, too. And I don't have an issue with him talking about the officials. I have no problem with him talking about the officials. He should. Both coaches should. That was an embarrassment. But to sit there and complain about body contact? David, he had no problem with the body contact in the first half. 
when his team was getting away with it. Or in, in the Kentucky game when his team had 13 fouls and didn't get called on him. Duke had no problem with the body contact, but when, when they had two players sitting on the bench, their best two of their best players, even Emil Jefferson had three. Off a bench. Fouls. I understand Wisconsin's used to, you know, not fouling a lot. And they did it in the first half. Difference is here here's the difference. Duke started attacking the basket in the second half. I just don't understand the whole body contact thing from Bo Ryan. I didn't understand that comment at all. You want to talk about the fouls, the officiating, the out-of-bounds play, you go right ahead. You have a point, man. But complaining about body contact and the game getting physical? Now, come on now. You're in a championship game. You've been a physical team all year. On defense, in the Big Ten, you've been physical. Remember the Michigan State Championship game? You were physical the entire game. Why you, you haven't played a physical game like that all year? Are you kidding me? And then the whole one-and-done comment? Which, which I can't even believe he because Bo Ryan, he's one of my favorite coaches. He's a class act. That one-and-done comment, I don't like the one-and-dones either. Nobody does. But to sit there and say, oh, we don't do rental players, don't sit there and say it. The rental players don't want to come to Wisconsin. The one and done don't want to come to Wisconsin. Wisconsin doesn't even recruit. Wisconsin, Wisconsin, Wisconsin doesn't recruit them. They just don't want to go there. And that's fine. You know what? You don't have them, that's fine. You, you don't have to. But don't sit there and act like you don't try to recruit them. Come on now. Even Mike Krzyzewski, who used to, make, used to say the same things, and I used, to take, I used to get on him about it, too. Even he had to admit, eventually, you had to give in and just go after him and hope that you can keep those kids beyond one year. That's just the way the game is now. It's unfortunate, but it is. But don't act like you you're, you you got some superiority thing going on because you don't have any on your team. They just don't want to go there. They don't like going to the Big Ten. Michigan State doesn't get too many of them either. Indiana is really the only team in the Big Ten that gets them. Indiana and Maryland, more or less. Or in Michigan. Michigan as well. They're the only three that really get it. But to sit there and act like, oh, well, we don't go after those kind of – it just made him look horrible last night. The one and done comment. The rest of it I can kind of characterize, I guess, and and, and kind of – Except, I suppose, even if I disagree with it. But the one-and-done comment was like, okay, like, come on. But, look, we can all get into the officiating. I'll talk about the out-of-bounds call because there's a story behind that. I'll get into it. I don't want to get into it right now. I've gotten into enough stuff. I don't want to go on too long. I want to get my co-host involved here. So, Mike. I'm sure you're ready for this. Go for it. <laughs> I am not happy with the result of that game. Not happy. Look, Duke was competitive. 
they were competitive because Wisconsin stopped competing. And that kid, Grayson, is it Grayson? Yes. All right, some, what's his first name? You know what, never Grayson, mind. Oh, it's Grayson Allen, Grayson Allen. I keep calling you him Grayson. You know what, no, 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 I'm going to call him Nightwing. Okay, fair enough. Dude. Nightwing, <laughs> you know, Grayson Allen, otherwise known as Duke's version of Nightwing, took over the game because Duke uh, crapped the bed last night. They were having a tough game. Their one-and-dones were in foul trouble. They couldn't get anything going. Wisconsin's up by nine. Now, if I'm Wisconsin, if I'm Bo Ryan, I don't care if I'm having the worst coaching game of the year. My only – here, here's the thing. You have Frank Kaminsky, who is Wisconsin's version of Michael Jordan. Now, Phil Jackson – Probably the greatest pro coach of all time. Probably. Who is blessed to have the greatest player of all time. Now, during stretches when his, his Chicago Bulls teams weren't doing so good, did he say, all right, everybody, stop what you're doing. Stop what you're doing. We're just going to go out there. We're going to jack freeze until something happens. No, he said, you assholes pass the ball to Michael Jordan and let him do his thing. And then when the offense, when the, when the defense tries to stupidly triple team Jordan, that will leave Pippen open, Kerr open, that will leave Kukoc open. That would even leave Luke Longley open. And I know I said three on one and I just named the other four players, but that's what Michael Jordan does. <laughs> Hell, the opposing coach would get out on him and try to defend him, but it wouldn't work. It's Michael Jordan. (laughs) So Phil Jackson would give Mike the ball, and Mike would take the ball. He would probably get another 15 points, and the Bulls win by 30. What does this have to do with Wisconsin? Wisconsin has Frank Kaminsky. This kid's so good that the team that almost went 40-41-0 couldn't stop him. This kid is the best player in the country. This kid should be drafted number one because not a whole lot of guys in the NBA could stop him either. He's a senior, so he'll be lucky if he goes in the first round. But for those teams who do not draft him, you're morons. Frank Kaminsky is the best player in college basketball. He's seven foot, plays like a point guard, can hit any from hit a, hit a shot from anywhere on the damn court. And Duke's best players, best big men are on the bench in foul trouble because they couldn't guard him. (laughs) He had, like, what, 20 points last night, 25 points? He had – Frank had, in 39 minutes, he had 21 points. Yeah, 21 points. He had 21 points. I guarantee you, if during that period of time – 
where they totally lost the single best player in college basketball this year. And I don't know how you lose a damn seven-footer who can hit the shot from anywhere. (laughs) How do you lose that guy? If they didn't lose him, Kaminsky has 30, makes up for the points that they couldn't get, and Wisconsin is their national champions. Despite, Despite Bo Ryan crapping the bed, despite their offense crapping the bed, despite their defense crapping the bed, despite Duke craps the bed. No, Duke crapped the bed. There's a lot of crapping going on. Pretty, pretty much, it was a whole lot of crap. <laughs> pretty much, everybody decided to go out there and just go... <laughs> all over the place. I know... This is not the college basketball analysis that you expected with poopy sounds and a whole lot of and then the analysis of everybody crapped the bed except for Kaminsky. But the analysis is this. Everybody crapped the bed except for Kaminsky. The thing is, Frank Kaminsky and Decker and all these other great Wisconsin players when the time came to put Duke away, you didn't get the ball to Michael Jordan. You didn't get the ball to even, you didn't even get the ball to Scotty Pippen and Decker. How? Because I was telling everybody, and this will this will loop back in. I'm telling everybody, Kaminsky gets twenty, Decker gets anywhere from. 15 to 20, a couple other Wisconsin players chip in 10. They're national champions. That's it. And here's the thing. That's how they beat Kentucky. Decker had 16. Kaminsky had 20. A couple other players chipped in 12. That's it. They beat Kentucky. That's how they did it. So I figure if they pretty much do the same thing, they would beat a Duke team who arguably is not as good as Kentucky is. Tell me I'm wrong. No, you're not. That Duke team, all right, if that Calipari coach team, and I cannot believe I just said Calipari coach team, but damn, that man came out and actually coached this year. And those kids... Bought into Cal's system. They did it. They just played their worst game of the year because they went up against the one guy nobody in the country can guard. And they tried double-teaming them. And that left Decker open. That left a few of the other guys open. And what happened? Kaminsky had 20. Decker had 16. A few of the other guys chipped in 12. He had six here. He had four here. He had eight there, and Kentucky just couldn't keep up. And they played a tell of a game, but Kaminsky creates problems. Kaminsky creates problems for defense. The guy is Dirk Nowitzki in the college game. And last time I checked, Dirk Nowitzki has an NBA championship under his belt, doesn't he? Mm Mm-hmm. That's the thing. 
Kaminsky creates problems, and Wisconsin lost him. And by losing the best player in the game, by settling for jump shots, for enduring crappy refereeing, Duke was allowed, and I'm choosing those words very carefully, Duke was allowed to get back in the game on the back of Nightwing and win the game. (laughs) They were allowed. I can't stress that enough. Duke didn't earn it. Duke, and I'm not a Duke fan, so I don't care. Duke didn't go out there. It was a clash of titans. Wisconsin crapped the bed and left the door open. All Duke had to do was walk through it. And Shusky, who did not have his worst coaching game last night, he had had an average one. But an average coaching game for the guy with the most wins in men's college basketball history is better than a lot of people. So for the average coach, that's like a legendary coaching job. For Mike Krzyzewski, that's average. <laughs> so you let the you let the guy with the most wins in the history of the college basketball coach and his team of one-and-dones, you let him back in the game, they just walked right through the door. They took advantage, and even then Wisconsin was still in the game. But you lost Kaminsky. And you didn't hit your free throws. And that's where you lost. That's it. Wisconsin's problems boiled down to two things. During the period of the game where you could have essentially gone up by 20, you settled for contested jump shots? Contested jump shots don't win championships. Going to what works does. Having Kaminsky be double, triple teamed because he's down the basket because the guy's unguardable worked. Settling for contested jump shots by Wisconsin Baba Ganoush doesn't. End of discussion. Wisconsin lost that game. Duke was allowed to win that game, and they did. And all the power to them. Because Nightwing came out had a hell of a game. Okafor was kind of exposed there. He's all potential, everybody. Big time. Big time. He's he's big time. He's all potential. Now, mm-hmm. unlike a lot of these all potential players, I think Okafor has, um, you know, with good coaching, and I have to stress that, with good coaching, he can be an outstanding player. He needs to be allowed to develop. Right. I would say if he stayed another year, he might just be the best center in, in America if he was staying another year. But because, And you know what? At this point, I don't even blame the one and done. I don't even blame him. Because the NCAA system, and I, you know what? I have more respect for the people who stay. Because this NCAA system is ridiculously broken. Mm-hmm. And at this point, you need to pay these players. You need to pay these players 
We mentioned it on the show. They need like a stipend just so they can eat, just so they can survive. They need some way to sustain themselves. They need to fix these rules. So maybe their coaches and their families could feed these guys. Mm. So maybe their family could send them money so they could buy food. Because uh, it is it is a notoriously and ridiculously broken system. You're paranoid because of the boosters, and the reason these kids go to the boosters is because they're so poor and hungry that they that they have no other option. So, and in, in the end, I don't blame these one and done. So I don't honestly blame any of these kids for going. It's just, are you ready? Are you ready? Do you have enough knowledge? Do you have enough skill? Do you have enough talent? I think Okafor needs one more year, but if he jumps, then he jumps. Right. It is what it is. Do I think he's the number one pick in the draft? Hell no. Do you think he's probably going to be the number one pick in the draft? Probably. I think Kaminsky should be the number one pick in the draft. He's the next Dirk Nowitzki if he's allowed to develop at the NBA level, because that kid got better. And I think that kid's going to get way better. I could see San Antonio picking up the guy and just saying, hey, we sniped all you dumbasses. Again. (laughs) Again. Hey, Frank, all you need to do is put on about 15 pounds of muscle. Don't change your game at all. We're going to pair you with Kawhi Leonard and we're and Tony Parker, and we're still going to run roughshod over the, the over the West. I almost swore there, and I almost said a bad word. I apologize, but and I, I don't mean to ramble on. And I'm trying yeah, to make fine. this as, I'm trying to make this as interesting as possible. Frank Kaminsky should go top ten in the draft. Okafor probably will, probably shouldn't, but he will. But the point is this, and I, I honestly don't care about Bo Ryan's comments. I don't. Because he's right. Bo Ryan is one of the last few coaches that does not go out and actively recruit the one and does. And I'm not going to go as far as you. It's because they don't want to go to Wisconsin. <laughs> I'm just trying to the same outrage at Wisconsin. Bo Ryan just doesn't actively believe in the system. He doesn't actively believe in the one-and-done system. He doesn't go out and recruit it. You can't blame him. He's looking for kids who are willing to spend four years in Wisconsin. And God bless them. God bless them. Yeah. Sorry, that was a notification. That's like saying here in Syracuse, Jim Beheim goes out and tries to recruit anybody who will come to Syracuse. Anybody. Because Syracuse and Wisconsin have a similar problem. Have a similar geographical geographical problem. Geographical, that's not a word. Geographic problem. Basketball season, it snows a lot. <laughs> we get an ass ton of snow, and so does Wisconsin. It is colder than the North friggin' Pole. 
in both Syracuse and Wisconsin and Michigan. You can throw Michigan in there, even though they're ridiculous. And Michigan State, even though Izzo's Izzo. They all have the same detrimental problem. It's cold and it snows. So it's difficult for a lot of these teams to recruit. Now, when you win a championship, it gets a little easier. And one thing Michigan and Syracuse and Michigan State have is a championship. This was Wisconsin's championship. Mm-hmm. This was it. But you have a terrible coaching game. You miss free throws. You settle for contested jump shots during a period where you're up nine. You let Duke, with the winningest coach in men's college basketball history, back in the game on the back of a DC Comics hero. And most importantly, and most egregiously, you lose the best player in the country. (laughs) So, that's what happened. That's how Wisconsin lost. And I gave you extra analysis, too. Uh, So, um, I don't know. So, that's why I'm I'm upset. You should be. Uh, I am upset. Not because, look, I took Kentucky... And I was hoping I, I took Kentucky because I thought it was, they'd, they'd just win. I was actively out here saying, "Oh, I'm hoping Wisconsin wins." I was hoping anybody would beat Kentucky except Duke, but uh, because I just wanted to do better than you in the bracket challenge. Lo and behold, I actually did do better than you in the bracket challenge. You did. You did. I almost won. I almost won. Justin won again. Spoiler alert. He did. Justin, so now Justin has a three-peat. Justin gets to select a show again this year. As usual, the one with the least knowledge of basketball won the damn thing. We're sitting here. We've been analyzing it for about 40 minutes. Yeah. And I finished second. You finished dead last. And the guy who doesn't know Jack about it, Finishes first again. That's always the way, overthinking, and that's what I do. So, And Chris, of course, Chris probably would have finished uh, probably better than me, uh, you know, our, our our dear friend Chris, yeah. uh, who who uh, was our Lenardi special, specialist. Um, oh, yes. Well, mostly because he took upsets and we didn't. <laughs> More or less. Too many. He took a little bit too many. But he took a little bit too many, but he picked the ones that mattered. Yeah, he picked smart ones. He he was the guy who got Georgia Tech. Let me just put that out Georgia there. State, yep. no, Georgia picked, State, yeah. No, he picked. He picked oh, the smart Georgia, ones. Yeah, Georgia State. My bad. He picked. He but he, he picked smart ones. He also picked Kentucky, so we were in the same boat. Yeah. But Justin won again. You know. Justin won again. Now you got me thinking of a uh, of a. Uh, of a front court with uh, Frank Kaminsky and Kawhi Leonard. Oh. Um. <laughs> if, if anybody from the San Antonio Spurs uh, office is listening to this, draft Frank Kaminsky. He will lead you to an NBA championship, one that he was kind of screwed out of by Bo Ryan this year. <laughs> you want to know something, though? You probably, no one, no one San Antonio and the way they've drafted in recent years. You probably figure if, if he drop if he drops low enough, you know they'll take they'll take him. 
Uh, he shouldn't fall out of the top five. To, to be honest with you, and I, and I, I told you this yesterday, and, and, I, I, and I've heard this a couple of times from some people. I think Stephen A. and Skip Bayless said it today, too. That guy should be a lot of, That guy should be top five. That guy should be the top pick in the draft. He should be the top pick, but I would, I, I would be happy if he got to the top five at the very least. He is, he is first of all, he will help a team. Or he, he'll help a bad team a little bit. Reason why I only say a little bit is because he'll kind of get because there's going to be too many other young guys around him. They're all trying to make their statement, and he'll get lost in that. Okay, but if he's on a good team, like you mentioned, the Spurs, or you know, even like some like team like the Clippers or Golden State, if he gets to a good team, he will be incredible because the players around him will make him even better. And before you know it, he'll develop into something even better than he already is, and that's something because he's already a really, really good basketball player. He has a very high IQ. He plays really good defense. He has the best footwork of any player in college basketball. You said he's seven four. He is unguardable. Okay, he is unguardable. And let me just say this: he had, okay, he played thirty nine minutes yesterday. Frank Kaminsky. He had sixteen shot attempts. Sixteen. Sixteen shot attempts for the best player in college basketball is atrocious. Yep. It's atrocious. When he played the whole game. I I, I just don't it, – it's unfair. And, and by the way, another problem for Wisconsin yesterday was Sam Decker. Where was he? That's the thing. That, that was the – honestly, of anything, that's probably the single biggest reason why they lost was yeah. Decker. And that's something they, they had a problem with throughout the entire lost. season. They just lost him. Yeah, but there were shots that he did get Decker that he that he was making all tournament. He missed yesterday. He had a bad game yesterday. And granted, it's been a couple of weeks. I mean, he's had a nice little run here in the late season. But this this was the problem with Decker the entire season, early season and mid season. He was very inconsistent. He was like their version of Trevor Cooney. <laughs> and then all of a sudden. SU fans know the reference. All of a sudden, like around, right, I think the last two weeks of the regular season and into the Big Ten tournament and then obviously in the NCAA tournament, he became the biggest shot maker on the floor, other than Frank Kaminsky. And he, when he is hitting his shots, he is unguardable too because of his length. He, can, he, he will make shots over two defenders. He is, that's how good he is. But he's very streaky. And he just happened to go on this long, like a month and a half streak and yesterday he was non-existent. Non-existent. I mean, yeah, he scored 12, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It was kind of like here and there. A lot of it was off second chance points. Then that's the other thing too. Wisconsin was all over the board. They were getting second chance points left and right, and they were missing some point blank shots on that in that regard too. That made absolutely no sense. What? They 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 did. They out rebounded too, pretty easily. Right. By by all intents and purposes, Wisconsin should have won that game. Mm-hmm. By all intents and purposes, Wisconsin think, should have won that game. I think the way you described it was perfect. They allowed Duke to get back in that game, and they and they lost it. They, Duke did not win that game. They didn't. There's no way you can spin it. There's no way you can spin it that oh well, Duke Duke's just a better team. No, to me, I, I've said this. 
I don't know if I've ever said this on the air, but Duke, to me, was the third best team in the Final Four. They were above Michigan State. That, that, that you know, they, they were. To me, Kentucky was still the most talented. Wisconsin was the second most. And that's only because, you know, outside of Kaminsky and Decker, the other guys are underdeveloped. That's all. Otherwise, they'd be right up there at Kentucky. Kaminsky and Decker alone almost get them equal to Kentucky, but, you know, the other guys aren't developed enough. And it's unfortunate. It really is unfortunate because I hate to see that. It was a great game. You know, somehow we end up getting a a dramatic, compelling game out of it. It's just a shame that it had it, it, you get the you you had a team essentially give it away. You know how many teams? I, one of our listeners actually sent this to us in an email. I'm going to read it. And he's not a fan of either team. He's a UCLA fan. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, but he made this point. I, I like it. He said, "You know how many teams would have killed to be in Wisconsin's position? The refs were finally making calls against Duke. Two of their best players are on the bench." They were making calls left and right on Duke in the first half, and yet there was at least a 14-minute stretch of game time where Wisconsin had Justice Winslow and Jaleel Okafor on the bench with a lead where they could have blown that game wide open, where they were going to the basket, cutting and slashing, and getting the calls every single time. Most of college basketball would have loved to have been in that position against Duke, and they let it squander. Yep. Yep. I, the truth. I mean, it's the truth. And I will say this: Grayson Allen is he. he people don't realize this about him. For those that do not know, he was the first of this class this year with Tyus Jones, Justice Winslow, Jaleel Okafor. He was the first to commit. He want he 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 pushed to get recruited to Duke, and uh, the the feeling was, believe it or not, I, I kid you not, most people were saying he's the most athletic of this class. He just didn't get the playing time this year because they had still had Quinn Cook there, and they had a log jam at guard, and you know between Cook and Jones, and he got left out in the cold. He's had some moments this year, but this was his coming out party. He's going to stay next year. He's going to be on that team next year. He's an explosive player. He is a dynamic, explosive player. He's going to be a fantastic basketball player. Him and Tyus Jones. Tyus Jones is the closer. He closed out the game once they got the lead. And I have to laugh because for those that didn't watch the last minute of the game, you know, Tyus Jones makes that three, which puts Duke out really in front by, I think it was like eight. And then Kaminsky comes down. I, 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 I watched this play couple times because I, I, I was amused by it, especially since we're talking about how they lost Kaminsky for most of the game, it seemed. You know, Koenig's coming down with the ball, and it's one of the, big, one of the only times I really saw Kaminsky demonstratively call for the ball, and this is when he's way out, like towards the half-court line, and he gets the bat, he gets the ball, and he immediately takes a three, and he makes it, which got the lead down to five. And I sat there and said, wow. I said, gee, you mean to tell me the best player on the court finally got the ball and made a shot only with a minute left? Yeah. I mean, we're, he had to go all the way out to the perimeter and walk down with the point guard and demonstratively call for it, for this to happen. I mean, when your coach, 
you know, I'll, I'll get Bo Ryan this. He, I said there was like six straight timeouts, whether they're media or team timeouts, where Bo Ryan and, and Tracy Wilson of CBS kept reporting it. It was it, You kept hearing it, too. Bo Ryan begged his players over and over again, get the ball to Frank. Now, I'm sure he drew up a couple of schemes. I'm, I hopefully he did. But the fact that it never happened is just, unfa- just unbelievable. Insanity. So, again, a lot made of the officiating. I want to briefly I, – I, I, I hinted at this. I want to – I don't know if anybody's seen this article. It is on ESPN. Obviously, the biggest – there was a lot of calls for both sides, but – the big highlight call, obviously Kentucky and Wisconsin on Saturday night, the big highlight call was the shot clock violation. That was Wisconsin that got reviewed but never got called, even though it was reviewed. So you know they saw it. Um, but in last night's game, the biggest one was an out-of-bounds um, that was called against Wisconsin. Justice Winslow and the CBS crew, uh, Jim Nance, Grant Hill, Bill Lathery, they got a nice TV angle on it. You saw it was clearly off Justice Winslow's fingertips, barely, but it was off. And the officials went to review it. The original call was obviously off in Wisconsin. Um, went to the monitors, reviewed it, and did not change the call. And you could hear on the broadcast, Jim Nance asked the referee, you didn't see it. You didn't see it? Oh, okay, you didn't see it. And everybody's sitting there in the arena's booing. They're like, what, how, how is this possible? Duke Crewy thought it was off on them. Nobody knew what was going on. It was a complete travesty. Um, and then this article surfaces today, and this call took place for two minutes to play, and Duke up by five. It was a baseline out-of-bounds call which was ruining Duke's favor initially. Um, as I said, the referees went there, reviewed it. This is the quote you got from John Adams, um, who is, in, I believe he's the one guy in charge of officiating. Um, he said, all four of our officials were involved in the review. Jeff Clark was our standby. This is a quote, okay? We never saw on our monitor what everybody saw at home, if you can believe that. End quote. Now, Adams went on to say that he saw the broadcast angle that showed Justice Winslow, the ball off Winslow, only after the referees left the scorer's table and considered taking a, un, a, a step that's never been taken before, calling the officials back over to the monitor before deciding against it. Here's another quote. I saw, this is from Adams again. I saw it after they had left the monitor and actually thought about is it my prerogative to get up, run over the table, buzz the buzzer, and tell them to come back and look? That's how critical I thought the play was and concluded that this is a job for the guys on the floor, and I've never done this before. Why would I do it tonight and perhaps change the balance of the game? We've been told time and time again, nobody at home will see anything you didn't see. And I will tell you that's not what happened last night. That is not an excuse. That's just laying it out for you. End quote. So let me get this straight. This is the guy that handles the officials. He's the representative that's there and making sure everything goes smoothly. He sees on the obviously on the monitor above, okay, or on another monitor nearby, that he sees the angle that we all saw at home. 
which the referees, the re- people don't realize the officials don't get every angle we see at home, and that's, I thought they were supposed to, but I guess they don't. All right. But he sees it, and he even admits that he was about to get up and ask him to come back to the table and look back at it again because he knew how important the call was, but decided not to overrule them because he's never done it before, and he didn't want to change the balance of the game. But recognize, so, so he recognizes it's an important enough call for him to even think about going up there to call them back, but then says, well, I don't want to upset the balance of the game. He's talking out of both sides of his mouth. By not doing the right thing, he already upset the balance of the game. Right. Yeah. He talked out of both sides of his ass. Both sides. You know, I understand human error, okay? I'm a baseball fan. I've seen the umpires for years do that. (laughs) Okay, I understand that. There's going to be calls that you can question on both sides every game. We've talked about that. But here we have one of the official reps acknowledging he saw this, saying openly that he thought about doing something about it and deciding not to do it. Because I've never done it before. Why should I do it now? Oh, because of the championship game? If there's any time to do the <laughs> right thing, it'd be the most important game of the year. Oh, my God. I mean, I mean, you can't make this crap up. When the when the guy that handles the officials can say something as stupid as this, then you shouldn't be surprised by the level of officiating we get. I think, it's finally, time. I think it's finally time. This is one of the worst officiated seasons of all time. This is one of the worst officiated seasons basketball seasons ever. It is time for sweeping reform. Mm -hmm. It is time for sweeping changes. It is time to establish rules. It is time to establish things that, that could change the officiating. And by could change, I mean you need official reviews, of my official reviews, I mean reviews of the officials. And you need more than just, well, they they got it wrong. <laughs> there needs to be penalties. There needs to be a system in place where these officials don't just go out there and dick around. There needs to be ways where these officials go out there and actually officiate the game to the best of their ability. And if they cannot do it, to the best of their ability, they need to be moved on. And we need to get better officials in there. We need to test. We, I guess we do need to test these guys. I guess we do need to investigate these guys. I mean, there's no other way. I mean, you need to grade these guys at some point. And in situations like that, you need to instill in these guys and ladies, hopefully, the courage that when you are in that situation, you get those damn officials back over to the table and say, look at this, don't mess it up again. Because there is no reason for that. I don't know. 
It's just one. Of, it's not. It was more than just one of the worst officiated tournaments of all time. It was one of the worst officiated basketball seasons of all time, and we can't even blame it on Tim Higgins. I know. <laughs> so let me just put that in better. You know, as I said no, earlier, no, no, Tim, Higg- Tim Higgins wasn't better. Tim mm. Higgins would be par for the course with this, with how bad the system was. Mm. As I mentioned earlier. This has been going on for a while, and again, it's almost accepted now that college basketball officiating is amateurish, which is sad. But here's the thing. I, you, you've heard Jay Billis. You've heard a lot of people on ESPN mention this, and I agree. One of the biggest things they can change is this. They need to hire more officials. Because here's the thing. If you watch enough college basketball games throughout the season, okay, these guys officiate every night sometimes, except for maybe Friday. That's a lot between the travel and, I mean, it's a lot. You need more officials and you need to keep the workload lighter for some of these officials, for the majority of these officials, so that, by the t- so that, you know, they don't log all these hours, they don't get exhausted, they're not drained, and then they're able to, they're, they're able to be in the right mindset to officiate these games especially at the be- this time of year, because you get these officials at the end of the year, and they're like, oh, God, it's been a long season. Ugh. And they're like, they're, they're going through the motions. The other thing, too, is, and, and look, as, a, as a, a basketball player myself in the past, I don't understand why in college basketball we got to call it's, it's, the, the, the rules. Some of these rules are ridiculous. We're adding way too many layers to some of these rules. The restricted area thing, and then and look, I understand the NBA. We have this this whole idea that well, you don't you don't you can initiate the contact to ca- cause a foul. I've always hated that rule. To me, if your hands are straight up, and a guy bumps into you, it's not a foul. It's not. That's the way I was taught. That's the way so many were taught. And the NBA, the NBA started this about ten years ago. And it's just gotten out of hand. Now it's translated to college basketball, and it's resulted in ticky-tack fouls left and right. And it disrupts the flow of the game. Okay? You can, the, the whole idea of initiating contact used to be, okay, you go to the basket and you make him make a play on you, and if he slaps at your arm, then you cause the foul. But if you, if you have your arm straight up and you don't touch the guy and the guy just kind of leans into you, that's not a foul. That's an incidental contact. Stop calling it, because I, I assure you that if we if we eliminate that that first of all we're going to have a lot less calls to begin with. There's going to be a lot more flow to the games. It'll allow for more te- you know more offense. Allow the game you know allow the games to breathe. Let the players decide the game more. Let them play. Remember the old Big East. Let them play. Enough of this. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, I, I watched last night, you know, Frank Kaminsky, and, and, and this has happened throughout the tournament, he has his hand straight up, and a guy leans into him, and you're going to call a foul? That's not a foul. It, the centers in this game don't even know how to play anymore because they're like, well, wait a minute, how am I supposed to play defense? I'm not, I'm not moving my feet. I'm straight up. How am I getting called for a foul? That has to change. If we change some of these rules, we make some of these vague areas, gray areas, some of these layers, and then eliminate the ticky-tack fouls, no contact initiation thing, that's going to help immensely. Because then the refs can focus in on the things they need to focus in on. Charges, you know, actual legit fouls. 
double dribbles and travels. It's happened. It's 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 run amok. At one point, yeah, last night for both teams, I, I, I four sequences. I saw two at least two sequences where both teams traveled, two, and nothing was called. You're letting teams get away with obvious stuff because there's just too much other stuff going on. You're right, sweeping changes. That's one of the big things that you hope to see next season. I know it's not going to change the NBA because the NBA has always been like that, but recently, but in college basketball, it needs to change. And that's something we hope for next season. And again, Mike noted this, the officiating this season, atrocious, seems to get worse every year. This season in college basketball, I'm, I'm kind of kind of recapping the season now so we can move on. But, look, it, there were some great – I mean, obviously Kentucky's attempt, pursuit of perfection was the big story. The rise of Wisconsin having really their best season. Um, the Syracuse sanctions. Um, really, in my mind, something that didn't get enough attention – the solidification of the new Big East with Villanova and St. John, like a great, it was a great conference this year. Um, you saw conferences rise, like the Big 12, some rebounds from teams like West Virginia and Notre Dame. Um, you know, we saw some great uh, – I think we saw a higher quality of basketball, a lot more talent. Last year I said this, but this year I feel it more so. And as a result, we spawned a great tournament where, again, no Cinderella's, not a whole lot of double-digit seeds advancing and stuff, but we had some great storylines. The Kentucky storyline, Ron Hunter and his son and you know, falling out of the chair in that great moment, the buzzer beater. We had a great first day of the tur- full day of the tournament, great first four, um, a great, a, a fantastic, one of the best Elite Eights I can remember, and a Final Four that was fantastic featuring, again, a semifinal and a championship game that I think are among the best games we've seen. But we had a lot of controversy, most people about officiating. You know, and I think something that has changed, and we'll talk about this probably next week on this NCAA, uh, and the NCAA stuff we're going to talk about next Thursday's show. I think there's this growing sense, and, and he, he mentioned it, and I'll, I'll reiterate it, Growing sense of acceptance about the one and dones and why they do what they do and why so many make the jump, even though you do respect those that stay and you, you encourage them to stay in school. There is this growing, and I've seen it too amongst fans, this growing acceptance of I understand why these players leave sometimes too soon because they, they need the help, their family needs the help. Financially, they they. Things are tight. And, you know, maybe it is how bad the economy's been that's changed that perception. Maybe it's, I, I, you know, there's a lot of reasons. But there is this growing acceptance of the one and done's now, whereas opposed to five, six years ago, people were groaning at, like, oh, why won't these kids stay? So many of them are going too soon. Now it's, you know what? I get it. I don't necessarily like it, but I get it. There's, there's an understanding there that was not there before. And I think a lot of people come out. Look, Mike Krzyzewski, six, seven years ago, he hated it. He hated it. There's a lot of coaches that did. 
but you've seen more and more coaches come to embrace it because they're starting to understand. And their goal is, hey, I'll try my best to keep the kid in school, but if he, you know, if there's other circumstances going on, then, and then all you can do as a coach is, is help to guide that that player to make the right decision. You know, tell him realistically what his options are, and you know, and, and you hope it works out. That's all you can really do. That's the job of the coach. And for the most part, you've seen that. The best coaches have done that. There's not really a lot else I can say about this past regular season that I haven't said, this tournament that I haven't said, this Final Four that I haven't said. So now we we look ahead to next year, where we hope the officiating situation sees sweeping change, where we hope, you know, maybe more kids do stay, but... Again, the choice is theirs. If they, you, you, their circ, everybody's circumstances is different. Every individual's circumstances is different. And again, there's, a, there's an acceptance there that was not there before. And that's something that has changed over time. I think you're going to see a really great college basketball season next year because it does seem like in the last maybe two years, the quality of play has returned to form where for a few years there, it was ugly. You're seeing more and more teams kind of abandon spamming the three-point shot. You're seeing more and more teams. You're seeing better talent, I think, more athleticism. Of course, there's more parity. That's been a case, but power conferences still find ways to dominate. Now that conference realignment has kind of taken a break, things are kind of settling a little bit. So we're all kind of getting used to the new landscape of, 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 of things in some of these conferences. I think that helped this year allow teams to kind of settle in. Um, you know, that's helped, and I think that will continue to further next season. Um, there's some great recruiting classes coming in next year. Some teams that, you know, either were banned from postseason like Syracuse or did not participate or had, you know, didn't have the kind of years that they thought have some great classes coming in next year. And then some teams that dominated this year, right? Kentucky will have great classes next year. So before I get to kind of talking about some teams to watch out for next year and all that good stuff, let me, I'm going to throw you, Mike, any thoughts on this season and some early thoughts on next season? This season was all about Kentucky. The rise and fall of Wisconsin. Uh, I mean, just parroting some of your things, only I added the fall of Wisconsin because in this game, that's what it was. It was great fall. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Um, the sanctions, how ridiculous the NCAA is. How utterly, utterly ridiculous they are. How ridiculously corrupt they're so they're just being exposed a little by little little by little their 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 corruptions their um efforts to keep kids down their efforts to just line their own pockets just being exposed uh Syracuse 
was a terrible, terrible situation. There was, a, there was an excuse for a lot of it, and it, it was ignored. And I, I don't want to mean to use the word excuse. It's just a uh, lack of a better term. But it's just been, for the NCAA, they took it on the chin a lot this year, and they deserved every bit of that nonsense. And they need reform. They need reform. They are desperate for reform. And this, I think this North Carolina thing should be the battle that instigates that reform. Uh, t- time will tell if they even bother going after it, but it, it should be the battle that goes after it. But it is what it is. The NCAA is ridiculously broken and corrupt. Um, and they were they've been exposed. They've been exposed. Uh, I think with the Syracuse thing and a few of their other problems over the years. Um, and the fact that North Carolina is still allowed to play basketball is kind of funny. At this point. I mean, Duke won the championship and they weren't even the story. You heard all about Jaleel Okafor. He wasn't even the best center in his league, let alone uh, the country. So, just kind of funny how that happened. <laughs> but I digress. I mean, those were the really the major three lines. Do I have any picks for next year? Uh, no. <laughs> I think Syracuse will be actually pretty good. I think they'll be very good next year. Um, but that's just locally. I Wisconsin won't be. Although, when you've got Frank Kaminsky leaving, it's going to be kind of like Butler after Gordon Haywood decided to declare. You know? Mm-hmm. I don't know about that one, but I digress. So, those are my thoughts. Okay. Um some teams to watch out for. Obviously, Kentucky's going to have a top recruiting class coming in next year again. Um, they got some really good players coming in. Obviously, they're going to lose most of their players. Kyle Anthony Towns, Trey Lyles, Willie Kyle Steiner are going to go. Booker is going to go. Um, the Kyrie Johnson, the Harrisons could jo- uh, will likely join them. Now, they stayed last year. I don't think they're going to stay again. Um, Tyler Ellis, uh, Alex Poitras, and Marcus Lee might stay. Uh, Poitras, of course, was the, one of the better players that got hurt this year. So um, he's got Tyler Pirates got Isaiah Briscoe coming in. Seven McDonald's All-Americans were unsigned considering UK. So we don't know how many of these guys he's going to get. But you know he'll probably have a top class, so they'll be in the mix. A lot of people believe in Virginia. Um, Malcolm Brogdon's probably coming back. Justin Anderson, will, I guess, will likely come back. He could make the jump. I, I wouldn't, but he could. If he comes back, I mean, Virginia will probably be as, about the same as they were these past two years. Um, but they'll be in the mix. Um, uh, Rosie's uh, Nang from Iowa State looks like he's going to return, which will make them, a, once again, Iowa State a good team. Um, I think they're going to get most of their guys back. Maryland, so much depends on how many they get back. Um, if Melo Trimble comes back, which it, p- people say right now it looks like he's leaning towards coming back, 
then they're going to be a top-five team in my mind. They're losing Des Wells, but they're getting a guy in Diamond Stone who's a really, really good basketball player. I look out for Maryland. Uh, Villanova's going to be in the mix. they got Darren Hillard coming back, I believe. Um, actually, no, uh, they are losing Darren Hillard. Okay, I just got that uh, information. Uh, Javon Pinkston's graduating, so they lose those guys. Uh, Dylan Ennis is for transferring, but they're going to have a couple of really um, good players coming in. Top 30-point guard, Jalen Brunson. So, you know, they got some guys coming in. Kansas would be in the mix. Notre Dame, I expect, to be in the mix despite um, despite losing Jerry and Grant and Pat Connington because they're bringing back Demetrius Jackson, Vestoria, Colson, August. So they're going to have some guys back. Gonzaga should be up there. Duke will be back. They always are. Um, Arizona, of course. Syracuse, I do think, will be good. Now, I, I, I'm going to say this right now. Syracuse is a top 20 team right now. Okay, they're not going to get Bryant, so that kind of squashes a lot of my enthusiasm. But here's the thing. A lot of it depends on who else transfers, if anybody else does, and whether Dewan Coleman is healthy and what what he can do. If he's healthy and in condition, obviously he's still a question mark. That adds a lot. Even, even if he's a two- or three-point kind of guy, they need somebody in the paint to kind of – Edits his own a little bit. Um, Oklahoma impressed me. They should be in the mix. Butler will have a much better year. They had a great year last year and surprised everybody. Indiana, Michigan State. Um, I know people are looking. Wisconsin will be a top 25 team. I expect good things from Utah. I think they came into their own. Um, Texas will be interesting now with, with Shaka Smart there. That was an interesting story. And that will be an interesting story when him not leaving it. I think the Chattanooga head coach is going to get the VCU job, it sounds like. So, um, yeah, so v- now seeing Shaka Smart at Texas, we'll see how that works out. That'll be a storyline for next year. Wichita State will be in the mix. A lot of people think Carolina is going to be a top three team next year. I don't see it. This is the same group that's been uh, – it looks like um, um, Marcus Page is going to be coming back. If they keep Kennedy Meeks and Justin Jackson – you know, I guess, I mean, you got returning players, but I, I just, you know, this North Carolina team, even though they got a lot better towards the end of this season, they've never overwhelmed me. They're going to be good enough to make the turn, but saying they're top three, we go through this every year with this Carolina team. Top five, top ten, and it just never seems to work out. So I don't have that kind of faith in them. I think when all is said and done, you're going to see Kentucky, the number one team at the start of the year. Um... I think that will be the case. I could see Maryland being top three. I can see Maryland being top three. Gonzaga being in the top five. Um, Arizona, you know, those kind of teams. I think the Big East Conference next year will be even better than this year. I think you'll see uh, Villanova will be top ten. Georgetown will likely be top 20. Um, we'll see what St. John's does. They got some upheaval going on. I think next year, um, I got an email from one of our listeners before the show, like, well, what kind, you know, this year it seemed like it was the Big 12, but the Big 12 got exposed in the tournament. Um, which conference do you think is going to stand out next year? I, I, I mean, I thought the Big East 
stood out this year. I think the Big East will stand out next year. I think the ACC will be phenomenal. I think the ACC will probably be the best conference next year. And I'm not just saying because Syracuse is in it and Duke is in it. I just believe that will be the case. I think the Big Ten will have a similar year. Um, only Indiana will be better because they're getting some good recruits. Um, and Michigan State will be better because I think most of their guys will come back. They usually do. Um, I think across the board you're going to see a similar year. I just think the ACC will be even stronger. And I think the Big East will be even stronger. And I expect the SEC to be better. One thing to keep an eye on, okay, I expect Florida to be better, okay, that's, that's a given. But here's the thing to keep an eye on. There's, there's been all this buzz recently that Billy Donovan is looking to coach in the NBA again. We all know how that turned out the first time. Um, but there's buzz going around that he's never been more interested in coaching in the NBA. That was a report that ESPN made a couple, I think about a week ago. Keep an eye on that. Um, obviously, that wouldn't play. You you know, you wouldn't expect that to play to about June or July once the NBA season's over. But keep an eye on that because if he makes the jump, then we'll see what happens at Florida. Because that would change some things, obviously, at Florida, but also in the SEC, in my my mind. So, that's I mean, I think you're going to see a lot of familiarity next year as far as the teams that are dominant. Last year, I actually, I actually asked this of a couple of listeners. I said, can you remember at this point last year when we closed off the the, the season of college basketball, do you remember, did I make any, like, like, picks for next year, like for a Final Four or a championship. Did I do that? He said, yeah, you did. I said, okay, can you can you remember what they were? I guess they looked back um, at that episode, and they said, yeah, you know what your Final Four was. And I said, what? And you said, Duke, Kentucky, Wisconsin, and Villanova. And, I, and that was the Final Four that I went with in most of my brackets this year, which was all one seeds, coincidentally, in this tournament. I said, okay, well, who was my championship game? And they said, you had Duke in Wisconsin, and you had Duke winning. I said, wow, that's pretty darn good. And so I, I, I guess that was pretty good. At this point, I can't say this with certainty. I can't. Last year I felt good because I knew the class Duke was having coming in. I knew the class Kentucky had coming in. Wisconsin's getting a lot of their guys back. Villanova I had a lot of faith in, you know, this is not the same this year. There's so many recruits that haven't committed. There's so many players still out there, and there's so much uncertainty surrounding a lot of these teams, whether they come back. Duke is nowhere, it's not going to be anywhere near as good as they were this year. Wisconsin won't be. Kentucky, we'll see. Depends how many they get. Villanova, I think Villanova, depending on how these players gel, I think Villanova could be just as good as this year. I don't think they're going to lose much. Maybe in the post they will, but they're they're more guard-oriented offense anyway, so they should be okay. But just for fun, I will give you a Final Four, just because I like to be fun. I'll put Villanova in there. I'll put Michigan State in there because I think Michigan State showed me a lot, and they will be even better next year because they'll get they're, they're a team that will get their players back more than likely. I am not. I am no longer putting faith in Iowa State. No matter who they got coming back, I've learned my lesson. Um, Michigan State, Villanova. Oh, um, 
I'm going to say Syracuse because I, I, I really I, – I've been – Mike knows I've been hyping this class for a while, even though they didn't get Bryant. I like the group that we're getting. I'll say Syracuse because I think they'll get a – I'm assuming they'll get a good draw in the zone. They'll be okay. And the fourth one I'll give you – The fourth one I'll give you, I'll give you Arizona. I'll give you Arizona. I think some of those kids might come back, so I'll, I'll give you them. And I'll give you a title game of, give you a title game of Villanova and Arizona. And I've seen the Villanova, a couple of the Villanova recruits. I'll pick, I'll, I'll, I'll pick Arizona to win it all next year. Obviously, this is way, way early. I'm just having fun. But last year, I was, ha- but again, last year there was more known things. There was more certainty to a lot of these teams and a lot of these rosters. And this year is nothing like that. It's, it's very much a crap shoe in a number of levels. So I, I doubt I'll be even close to accurate next year on these, you know. I, I mean, as of right now, I won't be accurate. But as we get closer to the season, you know, next fall, and we start talking about it, and we know who's there and the kind of talent that's on the rosters, we'll have a better idea. Um, so, but right now, obviously, it's a crap shoe. It's, just, it's not anything like last year at this time. We had ideas about most of these teams. Well, a lot of these teams where we could make stronger predictions because I'm not that good predicting that you know having three of the final four and having the championship game in the winter a year in advance that's 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 not going to happen that often so completely different situation right now um okay let's see oh okay. Jeff Tech says I got an email. I'm going to check it. See, because I, I want to get to some emails, and I've done that a couple of times throughout the show. But we do have. Well, 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 we okay. You know what? We we do do some stuff. We do an NBA draft preview in June, right before the draft. Um, but you know, we are talking about we've done we've done some talk about draft picks tonight with Frank Kaminsky and stuff. So a listener did ask us. Um. I know the draft is two months away, but of all the players you've seen this year in college basketball, what players do you think off the top of your head should be lottery picks? We already mentioned Kaminsky. Um, Towns is definitely one from Kentucky for me. Winslow. Tyus Jones, who I think is the best player on Duke, easily. Um, Okafor. Um, I think Rakeem Christmas should be, but he ain't going to be. Um, see, we don't know who's declaring yet, so, I mean, the kid from um, Arizona, oh, gosh, what's his name? I I I forget his name, but I I yeah, you know off the top of my head. I mean that's all I can really give you. Most of Kentucky's roster is probably going to be, um, 
lottery picks. Just, just giving you a heads up. Um, oh, Howis Jefferson, who just declared for the draft. He's a guy I think should be a lottery pick from Arizona. That's the guy. Um, to me, Pat Connington from Notre Dame should be one. I think he's a phenomenal player. An absolute phenomenal player, but he ain't going to be. Um, off the top of my head, that's that. those would be the ones that I would, would say. Mike, do you have anything to add before we wind down? No, I don't really have any to add. Okay. All right. So, yeah, I mean, once again, right now we don't know who's going to declare. Some players already have. You know, you'll hear more now that the season's over. We'll do an NBA draft preview show in two months, and we'll have the full list of everybody that declared and everything. We can make a better judgment then and give you more at that point. Right now it's just, you know, it's, you know some players that are likely to go and, and, and such, but, you know, you do get surprised sometimes. Like the Harrison Twins last year, that was a surprise, them staying at Kentucky, and you just never know. The ones that are the guys that are graduating, you know they're going, but – the guys that are not, you just even though it looks certain, you never know. So, all right, so we did get, we we addressed a couple of we got you know I did some things with the listeners' questions that they sent in and stuff. So I'm I'm pretty happy with that. I think we did good today. So, all right, um, we're gonna wind down. Uh, the show might be over, but that does not mean you have to stop submitting, um, content, topic ideas, breaking news items. As long as they have to do with sports, entertainment, or wrestling, please submit them. Feedback, questions about the show, show scheduling, any of that stuff, reactions to anything any of us said, reactions to anything on the show, any of those things you can submit to us anytime, even though the show is over, via email, Facebook, and Twitter. You can email us at itspotlightbg at gmail.com. Again, it's itspotlightbg at gmail.com. That's my email as well as the show. And, again, please put in the subject line of your email some idea of what the email is about just to help us out with organizing things. It really does help. Just giving us some idea of what that email is about, if it's a reaction or feedback, something like that. Just, just help us out. We do appreciate it. We also um, – you can also find us in, uh, on Twitter and follow us on Twitter, at IT Spotlight BG. Again, at IT Spotlight BG. It's my Twitter handle as well as the show's. And please remember to use the hashtag, hashtag IT Spotlight, and the hashtag IT Spotlight for anything you tweet regarding our show. You can also find us on Facebook. To find our fan page on Facebook, search for us using the full title of our show, In the Spotlight with Brian Gardner. And then once you find our fan page, like our page, and go ahead and post whatever it is you like to post. Again, Facebook, Twitter, email, if you post or send it, one of us, Jeff Tech or myself, will see it. We check things regularly. We take turns. So don't be alarmed if we don't reply back or mention or acknowledge or use whatever you post or sent on the show. You know, if we don't do that, don't be alarmed. We've, we've seen it, I assure you. We just can't possibly reply back to everyone or mention or use everything that's sent in or posted. So just keep that in mind. Facebook and Twitter is the best way to get information about our show especially in regards to show scheduling. So we encourage you to follow us on both. But if you do not, you can get information about our show and show scheduling on our main show page on TalkShow.com. Make sure to check it regularly, especially weekdays, especially on usual show days of Tuesdays and Thursdays, particularly at night. Tuesday and Thursday nights usually when we have the show. Just hit, hit refresh regularly, check in regularly. 
again, when I schedule a show, you'll get a countdown clock and an upcoming episode listing. Uh, you can get episode descriptions by clicking on the little I next to each episode, whether it's upcoming or an old episode. If you click on the I next to each episode, it'll give you a full description. So all the information you need is right on the talk show, show page. So feel free to utilize that. Keep hitting refresh. Check it regularly so that you'll know if an episode's ever scheduled. I don't usually schedule episodes any earlier than a half hour before showtime. So, you know, just check the show page here on TalkShoe.com regularly. Search for it using the full title of our show in the spotlight with Brian Gardner. And that way you're, you'll know when we have a show scheduled or when it's coming. Or if you happen to miss it, you'll know. You can check out the episode archive at the bottom of the page where all the episodes that move to talk to you are available to you in order from most recent to the oldest. They're all labeled for you. Most recent episode is also in the most recent episode box in the top right-hand corner. So if you happen to miss an episode, if you check the show page regularly, you'll you'll notice that and you'll be able to catch up with that catch up on that particular episode. So make sure to check out our main show page here on TalkShoe.com. For all for any needs, scheduling, catching up on episodes, or just listening to episodes again, whatever you need, check it out here on TalkShoe.com, our main show page. You can also visit us on our second home, LivesIn.com. Search for us using the full title of our show in the spotlight with Brian Gardner. And then once you find our show page over there, you'll find our um, you'll find that we have all of our most recent episodes on there in order from most recent to the oldest. They're all labeled for you. So if you're interested in listening to some of our more recent episodes, make sure to check us out over there on LibsIn.com if you are interested. You can also find us on our old home, uh, find some old episodes of our show on our old home blog, TalkRadio.com. The search for us using the full title of our show in the spotlight with Brian Gardner. And then once you find our old show page, scroll down, and you'll find the first 31 episodes ever of our show. Our original 31 episodes are on there in order from the most recent date to the oldest. They're all clearly labeled for yourself. Whether you've never listened to them at all or if you've listened to them and you want to listen to them again for nostalgia reasons, whatever the case, feel free to go check those out if you are interested over on blogtalkradio.com. You can also find us on iTunes, Mike. Thanks for any style of Brian Gardner. And go to podcast and subscribe, download, and enjoy us on iTunes. Yay! Thank you, Mike. <laughs> All right. Um, I want to thank Jeff Tech for being here tonight. I hope you had fun at the Final Four. Thank you for giving me stuff to share with Mike and Justin. <laughs> oh, thank you. No, <laughs> Jeff Tech, thank you. It's been a while. We need entertainment, so thank you for providing it with us. But that's something for me to discuss off the air with them, folks. I'm sorry to hint at it and not tell you, but, but anyway, thank you, Jeff Tech. Hope you enjoyed your your weekend. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to thank Mike for being here tonight. Thank you, Mike. I am literally falling asleep, so I I am literally uh, waiting for this. <laughs> waiting for I want to thank my moment. So, yes. I want to thank myself and our great show, Pat Myself on the Back, and thank all of you for your continued support and contributions to the show. Thank you so much for listening and for all that you do. We really do appreciate it. Um, as I said, I'll explain what we're going to be doing to celebrate my birthday on the show on Thursday. I'll explain it at the top of the show on Thursday again. I just feel like it's best to do it then. So it, I think it'll just make it easier if I explain it at the beginning of the show, and then we'll do it like towards the end of the show. So. 
You'll see what I mean on Thursday. I'll explain everything. But also on Thursday is our entertainment show, Box Office Beat TV Picks of the Week, and we'll do some entertainment news discussion. Not as much as last week, but there's a few things we'll talk about. So that'll be our show on Thursday. Again, next Tuesday, obviously if there's any other big sports stuff, you know, outside of NBA and MLB, we'll talk about it. You know, Masters maybe, we'll do some stuff with that. I don't know. Again, it depends on how the weekend goes. But um, otherwise, we'll do we'll do a little NBA playoff preview because that will be happening. Um, the final push is on, and we'll be setting up the playoffs. So we'll do some of that, some of that, and then we'll do a little bit of MLB. We'll preview the season. We'll do an overview. Again, it won't be a comprehensive thing. We'll talk about every team or every, you know, we'll just make some predictions, do a general overview, all that good stuff. And at that point, we'll be a week into the season. So I think that makes it a little bit better. So we'll do that on next Tuesday's show and then next Thursday. It'll be an entertainment sports combo show, more than likely when something changes. Box office beat, TV picks of the week. We won't do any entertainment news discussion unless something big happens. And the rest of the show that night will just be an NCAA kind of hot topic, hot button issue kind of discussion. We've done those before. Um, We'll talk about some of the biggest topics facing the NCAA. Um, We'll do that again on next Thursday's show. So, you can start submitting questions or comments, you know, some things that you want, some talking points that you want us to discuss. You can start doing that now if you wish, because um, that helps too. We always like to frame a lot of our discussion around that. So, so that will be happening on next Thursday. So, so that's what's coming up on some of next week's shows. I told you what's coming up on Thursday. So that's what's coming up. You all know what's going on. So with that all being said, I hope you all, first of all, I hope you all had a nice, I never mentioned this at the beginning of the show, but I hope you all had a nice Easter, a great holiday weekend, enjoy the games and all that. And I hope you had a great start to your week. I hope you all enjoy the middle part of your week. Have a great Wednesday and a great Thursday, and have a great rest of your night here tonight. We'll see you back here for our next show, Thursday night, broadcasting live here on TalkShoe at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Our entertainment show with box office beat, TV picks of the week, entertainment news discussion, and a little birthday celebration for me. So all that coming at you on Thursday. Until then, I hope you all enjoy your night. Talk to you on Thursday.